We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, 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 now this the black sheep sticking it to him, I need a crib like I'm Gatsby, I need it in hand, just understand my pocket's that deep, with nothing to prove, I ain't got nothing to do, and it can't compete, and I got nothing to lose, you see that told me I'm the one that's gonna benefit, the fist of fury, baby, there's that, let's go, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen of Veterans Minimum, the number one sports betting vibe on the internet, Fun fact, fun fact, Feedspot, the big podcast blog, uh, blog mm-hmm. number nine sports betting show. On Feedspot? Yeah. I, wow. Yeah. We're getting blog recognition? Yeah. I think this episode will definitely put us on like top charts though. It's I'm a trying good to, trying to chart, bro. On a chart. Right, getting the 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 energy from like Cam and Mesa's show charting. Shout out to the it is what it is. Right, uh, like it's cool to see build and like yeah, let's get a chart. That's a twenty twenty four goal. We're doing the year in review episode that'll be up next week. Uh, housekeeping notes: there's only going to be one show next week. It's the year in review. Um, might try to do a Zoom, mm. but yeah, you know, might might shut it down, man. Might shut it down for a little bit. I mean, I think you've succeeded twenty twenty three. You you definitely all the goals you set out. I'm gonna work harder than I've ever worked before. Yeah, you gave a little Tim Tebow speech at yeah. the end of 2022. Nobody's gonna work harder than I will work for this podcast. Yeah, nobody's gonna do more podcasts than I will for this podcast. Yeah, so take a week off. I think I'm gonna take a week off, bro. Enjoy yeah, it with I, the fam. I earned it. Yeah, the fam's gonna be out here. Uh, I'm excited. Um, I'm also excited. Oh shit. I saw him bring in some nifty gifties. Because <clears throat> I'm a giver. I like to give things. And uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate the show um, enthusiasm that you have. Uh, pull the curtain back. All the years, all the people that I've done shows with, you're the only one that has sent me fucking news sources <laughs> and articles for things that we want to cover. So I appreciate that because, you know, you you appreciate the show and, and what we got going on and, and you've bought in. And the show's doing really well. Shout out to everyone that's been listening. Yes. Um, a career high in, in downloads last week, which for those of you that might not be familiar, that's like the main metric when you're looking at podcasts. It's kind of equivalent to, I would say, views on like YouTube. But 
that's like the big metric, right? So shout out to everyone that's been sharing the content, that's been telling people. Shout out to everyone in the Discord, all the Patreon members, and and shout out to you, man. So I went and I got you something. I think you'll like it. And uh, that's oh. my Christmas gift to you. As I got people in the control this room, also a, some Christmas gifts. All you so I didn't listeners. leave anybody behind. This is an OVO gift. It's a bag inside a bag. Inside a bag. Wait, did you mean to have this bag in there too? That's like... Uh, so Was I, this a surprise? There's nothing in that bag, but I do think these are pretty cool bags, bro. Uh, hold up. A Steelers beanie. I gave you the wrong one. <laughs> I, uh... It's not I'm a Saints to, fan. Yeah, I actually have a Saints one, so I, I grabbed the wrong bag, which is hilarious. Sure did. Uh, yeah. Who's the Steelers fan that this is for? It's for someone else, and I, and I fucked that up. Well, you That's know, why I'm, I tell people that you know I only what? have a high school education. I'm a Steelers fan now. You're a Steelers fan now? Give them the Saints one. <laughs> I'm a Steelers fan now. They're going to be You're, so confused. Just like how I am. Yeah. Except I I'm embracing it. it. I rushed it because I have them in the back and I rushed <laughs> it because so... you rang the doorbell and I panicked. Hold on. And uh, I'm yeah. not editing any of this. I rang the doorbell to come in and Nick went the other way. I was like, what are we, five years old again? You know, I, like he saw me and then he dips out yeah. the other way. I'm like, dude, come on, let me in. Well, I appreciate the, the gesture because you know I love a bean. I love me a nice little bean. My head gets cold. I have a nice little bald spot. That's why I never go uh, hatless for these episodes, people. It's because, you know, time has not been too kind on this hairline. It's in the, it's in the, it's in the Look. back room. Brian, okay. If, if, yeah, I just, uh, shout out to Brian. Yeah, I got him a nice Christmas gift and Antoine in the control room. My hey, dogs. You're going to get them always hammered. looking out. Um, you're the best, by the way. Thank you for, for, for bringing the, I thought we were going to do this in the year end review episode. Cause don't think I forgot about. Well, you the know, year in review is going to be after, it's going to be posted after Christmas. This is being recorded, obviously, right, before right. Christmas. So, <clears throat> yeah, man. I'm a big OVO guy. Yes, there Same. we go. Yeah, yeah, just come on up. I'm a big OVO Let's guy, go. too. Maybe I shout can. Out to, shout out to Brian making his VM appearance, baby. There Brian. we go. There we go. All right, so Brown this is actually what we're going to do is, yeah, I'm leaving all this in. Uh, yeah, uh, you can take that one. Shout out to Brian. Listen, man, I tell you guys all the time, I just have a great personality and there I work hard. Thank you, Brian. Um, not the best decision maker, but there you go. Wait a second. Let's just rewind this entire episode to pull out the Saints bean, bro. Let's go. What? Let's go. I'm going to tell you, I don't have too much uh, Saints apparel. So, like, this year, you know, you're adding to it, dude. I like it. It's one of one. Drake. I think, you know what? Oh, going right into it. Tagging all, you know what I mean? Going that's right like, into That's how it. you know it's a new bean. Yeah. That's how you know it's a new bean. Let's go, man. Fuck. Nick, Let's this go. looks good. I like it. I like it. I don't think Cameron's ready for me to go out in this. <laughs> Fun fact, they don't have any Giants gear. You know what? I can't believe it. Are you serious? Yeah, so they do these drops, and uh, they'll have just like random teams. They did a hockey collab, which was pretty dope, the original six. So mm -hmm. I got some Rangers gear, which is pretty fire. But uh, yeah, man. I um so I posted something yesterday on my Instagram, kind of ties into everything. Like, this is gonna be the first Christmas that like I'm actually gonna celebrate with like gifts and like actually be able to give. Really? Yeah, man. Like, yo, my my parents. Like, look, I don't want to come off as someone that like came out the gutter. Like, it was difficult. Yeah, we we were comfortable, but like my family. We were always very honest. I talk about how transparent and honest my family is with me. 
my whole life, it's always been, we got through this month with the bills. Got you. Does that make sense? 100%. It was always just, we, we snuck by. And this is the first year with, with everything going on and everyone that's helped along the way and everyone that's listened to the show. Um, I'm able to like buy shit for people. That's sick. Dude. And for me, that's, that's always been, I've never, yeah. I've always like, man, the, the joy that I get when I give someone something is better than receiving. So I've always wanted to have that and to be able to do that. And it's, it's crazy because it's funny how circumstances are, dude, because so even last year, bro, like even last year, my mom, my mom and dad would be like, Hey man, this has been a tough year for us. We, we didn't get you no gifts. Mm-hmm. But we'd have a family dinner. Right. And look, man, like, I get pretty salty about it. Like, I never showed them. I never told them. I'd be like, damn, bro, we couldn't even get, like, a fucking pair of socks or boxers. Like, Right. And then last year, they came to visit me for Christmas. We didn't do any gift exchanges. But that was the best Christmas ever. Right. Because, like, now I'm not home. Mm-hmm. Now they came out here. So it's, it's, it's so fascinating, like, context and circumstances, how it changes, like, Dude, all these years we were celebrating Christmas and like we did no gift exchanges and I was salty about it. Last year, no gift exchanges, best Christmas ever. It's like the distance and stuff. Yeah. So like this year I've spent a lot of money on gifts, but uh, I'm excited for it. Man. This is an OVO beanie, people. This isn't a, you go to Ross and it just so happens to say <laughs> saints and you know, you're lucky, right? Yeah, it's spelled correctly. This is, <laughs> yes, yes. No, I know exactly what that feeling is like, though. I mean, like when I first became a teacher and I got that, like, I don't need mom or dad's money anymore to like go and provide, you know, gifts for everybody. Everybody got a gift, too. I think I've realized now that I'm a little bit older, you know, the gifts that I give certain people. So maybe it's not multiple, but, you know, I'm I'm definitely grateful that I'm still able to do that. Yeah. Now you've set a precedence, though. Right. After one year of giving, right? Santa Claus doesn't go away. He comes back every year. You're Santa Claus now, Nick. Yeah. And then ladies, that was one of the best endorsements for I give, I give, I give. Receiving is cool. Ladies, come on now. I mean, look at me. I saw Kim. Look at me. Stud. Right, That's like, well, I got a haircut, got new sneakers on, got a new fit on. He's wearing white pants. Cocaine, I'm wearing white you're cocained pants. out right now, bro. This is yeah, this God is fresh damn. go bar. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm feeling good, wow. man. I'm feeling very festive. And uh, the other thing that has me feeling really good, George, if we could remove that bag, just put it on the floor there, I so we you. can have clean images. I got you. I got you know you. what else is gonna have me given? If the Buffalo Bills continue this and they go on to the Super Bowl, because right now, ladies and gentlemen, if you listen to me a couple weeks ago, before we shot Dear Buffalo, which is kind of building its own narrative now. Yeah, it's like Dear Buffalo, right? Buffalo Bills were 50 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. They were 20 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, to win the AFC. They were plus 325 to make the playoffs. Now they are minus 250 to make the playoffs. They are plus 600 to win the AFC. And they're 12 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Should have listened. Should have listened. And if this continues, boy, am I going to be resurfacing these clips of Buffalo. And I'm going to cut back because I got some heat from some of my friends, whether they're in the Discord and our Bills fans or even my boys back in Buffalo. We're like, dude, you were shitting on us in April, May, June, July, August. 
Not right. that one week in September because I really liked them against Miami. Yeah. Oh, you've been doing is slandering and now you're on board. It's like, yeah, because you got to find the spots when to yes. bet them. Like yes. now I like them and you look at the path and let me ask you this question, man, because I know we're having fun with all this. What team do you really trust in the AFC? And look, I'm not saying that Ooh. Buffalo is perfect, but I think they might be the most dangerous team heading into the playoffs. Dude, they're not losing out the rest of the way. No. They're a 12-point favorite against the Chargers. They play the Patriots next week in a revenge game because the Pats beat them. Mm -hmm. And then they play at Miami. And for the, for the division. Could be for the division. Could be for Miami has clinched and they don't need the game. Like, you don't know what's happening. But who do I feel secure with in the AFC? Right? Yeah. Most safe. Every team, including them, yeah. seriously flawed. In my opinion. Yeah. No, the the Ravens now uh with injury misfortune at the running back position. I and and there's there's like still a uh inconsistency in you know their receivers too. And but if I'm gonna pick, you know, the receivers being something that I look down upon, then I look at the the Chiefs too, bro. And it's like so what do I value as far as like a solid team heading into the playoffs? I value a head coach and a, and a quarterback that have been there before. And there's only two teams that fit that category. And that's the Ravens and the Chiefs. But the Dolphins, man. Like, I really don't think people respect their offensive firepower enough. Their defense... You know, they, they had a, a big loss with uh, Jordan Phillips uh, a couple of weeks back, right? And Jalen. Jalen Phillips. Yeah. But Bradley Chubb is still playing like one of the best defense alignment in the league. Uh, I don't, have you watched any of the hard knocks for the Dolphins? I haven't, but I did watch the clip of when he went down. Yeah. And that was, that was a tough video to watch, bro. Yeah. Super tough video to watch. Knowing he everything he's and, been through. Yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. That was Contract year also. Just all-time, uh, you know, bad luck at that position. But when you watch this HBO Hard Knocks thing, and dude, I know I'm, it, it's the same thing you talked about at the beginning of the year. We all, you know, are, we fall in love with like the, the slow-mo cutaways of the, the sprinklers on the grass. And we're like, holy shit, yeah, the dolphins look good, right? Yeah. Like this, this is all well-produced, but I really do feel it. And the reason why I feel it is like Mike McDaniels is the new era of coach that everybody is going to start modeling after. Maybe Sean McVay was kind of like the first coach to, to really break into that mold of like players first. Um, but I like, I like the dolphins. I really do think they're that other solid team that is not the Bills or the Chiefs that I would buy into. And look, I, I preface this entire conversation by saying, I don't think Buffalo is perfect. I think they're flawed also. I still think he could get pressure on Josh, Josh Allen. Oh, he has a turnover pretty much every game. Like he had nine straight games with a turnover. I still don't trust another guy on the offense outside of Stephon Diggs to be able to make plays, though the two tight ends... Kincaid has become not a revelation because they drafted him in the first round, but yeah. he's getting more and more involved. And I think the biggest X factor for them is James Cook. We've yeah. been talking about for years how Buffalo needs a ground game because it becomes very predictable how they're going to maneuver their offense in the red zone. It's going to be Josh Allen, QB draws. 
No one's buying into the play fake to Devin Singletary. Sorry, I know you had a pretty good game last week, but now it's a serious threat, man. He's top five in the league in scrimmage yards this year, and you never would have guessed that. Like, I wouldn't have guessed that. And when we were doing the recap show on Monday, and still don't trust Gabe Davis, though Gabe Davis in the playoffs is like playoff Gabe Davis. He seems to come out of his shell and right. have these monster games. I think the AFC is really wide open. And that, which is something we weren't saying coming into the year. We were saying how it was going to be Bengals, Bills, and Chiefs, right? Like those were the consensus. And then what is Baltimore going to look like? Is Pittsburgh going to be that team? Is Cleveland with Deshaun Watt? Like there were so many other question marks. The Aaron Rodgers hype with the Jets. And what you're seeing in the NFC is polar opposite where to me, bro, I think if it's not San Fran, I feel the way I feel about San Francisco this year is how I felt about Philly last year. Mm. No one's going to beat them in the playoffs. Yep. And the way it's projected, they're going to be the one seed. They're not going to have to go on the road, which remember, this era of Kyle Shanahan, with the exception of the year they went to the Super Bowl, I'm trying to remember who they played in the NFC title game. I think it might have been Green Bay, but everything they've had to go on the road. Mm-hmm. They lost to the Rams. Uh, last year, they lost in Philly. They're going to have to go to San Fran. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I think is going to be really important to monitor. And I don't think anyone in the NFC is going to beat them. Do you feel the same way? I feel like the Lions are exactly where I want them. Oh, right enough, now. bro. We were doing so, You were doing so well. I just need to know from you what part of their team you know, gives you like heartache the most? Is it the defense? Like, does it, does it, is their defense so bad that you're like, they can't be in a shootout with just about any team in the NFC? My biggest concern with the Lions is that they give up a lot of plays defensively. They can't seem to get a stop when they need one. Hmm. And Jared Goff outdoors is just not that guy. Now, if they had home field, I think that's a completely different conversation. And they're kind of still in the mix. We're just projecting. definitely still in the mix. But here's the thing, though, bro. I think the Lions can be beat at home, and they can't go on the road and win. Very true. Like, the Niners would probably be a favorite in Detroit against them in an NFC title game. They have one of the biggest hidden secrets, and he's not becoming, he's not that much of a hidden secret as of right now because they've been using him the way they should have used him the entire year. Jameer Gibbs might be one of the better running backs in the league, and now he's starting to get those, the the volume of touches now that uh, Montgomery's been injured, right? So he's actually taking that one role, and I like him so much better, right? And now you're talking about a three-headed monster. You got Amon Ra. You got Sam Laporta, who I don't know if if you can find uh, his stats to win offensive rookie of the year. He's he's like going off. I know he's he's not going to win it. C.J. Stroud has got that one locked up, but I'd love to see where they have him at because he had a three touchdown game this past week. And then you got uh, Jameer Gibbs, like I stated. So maybe it's not this year for the Lions, and there are some things on defense that they gotta they gotta get figured out, like. There's something about Alex Anzalone that I don't trust. When I see him playing at the linebacker position, I'm like, oh, you just look like you're going to get cooked by a slot receiver. You know what I mean? And so that 
you know, I presented to you the case that that's why we shouldn't buy into them, but they're getting hot at the the right time, or at least I'm seeing the offense this past week, you know, play to its fullest capability. Sure. You know, Jared Goff in cold weather. I did a little stat research on this, by the way, uh, under 40 degrees. He's a lot better than people think, but some, somehow in my head, maybe it's the shows that I've listened to whenever he wears those long white sleeves and it just looks a little nippy outside. He just doesn't look like that good of a quarterback. But I think those were the Rams days. Mm. You know what I mean? I think he may have moved, uh, moved past those. Well, he went into the, he went into Lambeau last year and he got a win. Mm -hmm. Pretty cold there. Must win for Green Bay to make the playoffs. And they won that game. I just don't trust them to go outdoors in, in January, bro. And I don't think that they're a team that can make any noise, dude. I really don't. They're uh, but here's, okay. So if they ran the table here at the end, there's no way you're betting on them to win a playoff game. Oh, to win a playoff I mean, situate. We don't know who they're matching up with situationally. So here's the thing: but, it's it's very likely that after this week, they might be the one seed <laughs> because the Niners play Baltimore. That's our game of the week. Yep. Uh, you have the two top seeds in the NFL playing each other in Week 16, and someone got to lose. Someone got to lose, and also, I think. This is one of my favorite things. Favorite things. This is a loser leaves town match. It is. For the MVP race. It really is, dude. Because right now, if you're looking at the MVP standings, the favorite, Brock Purdy, Mm -hmm. which Brock Purdy is the seventh different quarterback this season to be listed as the favorite or co-favorite to win MVP. Nuts. Mahomes, Burrow, Tua, Allen, Hurts, Prescott, and Purdy. And it goes, and this is why it's really interesting how the narrative changes every mm-hmm. two, three weeks. Check this out. Week one and two, it's Mahomes. This is who the MVP favorite is. Week one and two, Mahomes. Week three and four, Tua. Week five, Josh Allen. Week six, Mahomes. Week seven, Mahomes and Tua. Week eight through 10, Mahomes. Week 11 through 13, Hurts. Week 14, Prescott and Purdy. Week 15, Prescott. Week 16, Purdy. And we've said, it's the loser leaves town match. You can't afford to lose a game now. Correct. It's like college football. Winning the Heisman. like Winning the sharp. Heisman or making the college football playoff. You can't afford to lose in November. Lose in September, like Alabama did. Right? And then they made the college football playoff. You can't lose like Georgia did. Yeah. Right before they decide who the four teams are going to be. Recency you bias. You can't bro. do what Ohio State did. Like, mm-hmm. It's recency bias. And that's what you're seeing here with the MVP award. And talking about week 16, the Ravens play the Niners. They're going to San Francisco. Their six-point underdogs are the Baltimore Ravens. Love that. Shouts to Kenny. It's our Monday winner. We're definitely putting that in the contest. It's just a lot of points for a team like that. Though San Fran at home has been a buzzsaw against the spread. 18-2 and against the spread. Right. The last 20 games. Like, they beat the shit out of people. But it's a loser least town match because the, the favorites right now, per wager attack, you have Purdy. You got Lamar. You got Dak still. And then you got our boy. CMC. CMC, 10 oh. to 1. And dude, have you noticed there's been a lot of 
yo, he might be the MVP buzz this week. Tom Brady came out and said it. George Kittle said it. Yep. Brock Purdy, I'm not putting too much on that because that's just like, you're looking out for your bro, right? CMC said that Brock is the MVP. Right. Brock said it's CMC. But I just want to say, our boy was outside in the CMC jersey. We need it. Look, like we need as, it. as we were saying it, go back and watch that episode. It's we nuts. need we need that because not only financially will it benefit us, yes, but what a good omen, bro. We were literally talking about McCaffrey for MVP, and this random dude just walked by in a McCaffrey jersey. And this was what week five, yeah, week six as when they we played. were bringing it up. Yeah, we it were bringing nuts. it up, and we told people. We told people in the summertime, hey, if there's any non-quarterback that could win the MVP, we know it's dumb, but we like to gamble. We like to bet. If there's any non-quarterback, it would be McCaffrey. You did an amazing edit on that video. I did. Kind of blew up for us. Shout out you to know. George. That's why he gets a hat. That's it. You know what I'm saying? That's it. But it's, it's also a loser leaves town for him too because I think whoever has the monster game in this mm-hmm. game Whoever has a monster game, that's going to determine who wins the MVP. Without a doubt. Debo Samuels cannot go off this game. That's, that's, a, that's what we need for Christian McCaffrey to win. This. What, ne- what we need for McCaffrey to win this is... It's not as much as... So remember when we had brought this up a couple of weeks ago, yeah. we thought that like McCaffrey needed like a, a two-touchdown game versus the Eagles, right? It yeah. doesn't happen. Debo goes off. But now, since all these quarterbacks fall off, Dak fell off, you know, CMC is now fourth, where he was eighth the last time we were, we were listing this off. The boy's getting hot, bro. And the media is talking about him. Over 100 yards, over 100 total scrimmage yards in four straight games, and he has 20 touchdowns this year. He's got to beat Raheem Mostert out for that. That's going to be tough, though. Mm. Most it's at like 23. Yeah. Tyree Kill fell off. Remember, well, you said you he, couldn't miss a week. And yeah, he, he couldn't miss a week and, and he got hurt, right? So, like, McCaffrey had three total touchdowns last week. Yep. He had over close to 200 yards, all-purpose yards. So, this is what's going to need to happen, right? You're going to need McCaffrey to have a game like he just did. Mm-hmm. And then Purdy to have two touchdowns, two interceptions. Yeah. And maybe one of them is to McCaffrey. Like, that's that's the path you got to play in your head in order for him to yes. be showcased. And I'm pretty sure this game is primetime. Oh, how could you not? It's Christmas Day primetime, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the it's, Monday night. Oh, it's the Monday night football oh, game. Oh, Santa Claus will be, like, in attendance. Yeah. That day. I, I mean, yeah. fake snow. I heard that, you know, San Francisco's buying fake snow to put on the field. It's a white Christmas. Dude, why like not? Nick right now. Like, why not? Uh, no, okay. CMC needs to go off and the 49ers need to lose. That's how this stays alive. Whoa. Yeah. Because you know how much a loss will play into that factory. Now, Lamar might may jump up mm. significantly. So this game is really fascinating because there's a lot of injuries on the injury report, right? Like hmm. Mitchell for the running back, really gruesome injury. Uh, hope yeah. he can make a speedy recovery, but that looked pretty rough. He's now out for the year. Zay Flowers, Odell, both questionable. This is something important to monitor. The term is called cluster cluster injuries. Mm. It's when you have a lot of injuries to one positional unit. 
Now, if Zay Flowers and Odell are out, now you're looking at, you know, Bateman has to step up. Devin Duvernay. Is gonna... Aguilar. Yeah. Right? Like, that's why cluster injuries in, in a handicapping sense, they weigh more. Because if you're down, you're starting running back, your number two receiver, and like a corner, that's not as bad as having four offensive linemen out. Yeah. You're four offensive linemen out. So that's why cluster injuries are heavily skewed when you're looking at like numbers and analytics. But I think this one's going to be a really dope matchup, man. It's a Super Bowl rematch from many, many years ago. Obviously, a lot, a lot of new faces. I mean, it was about a decade ago, so I don't even know if there's any guys still from that. But you have one of the Harbor brothers is still there. And this is like high-powered offense against an opportunistic defense with Baltimore. And they got a lot of playmakers there, too. I think Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith, definitely the best duo at linebacker in the NFL. Marlon Humphreys, nasty. Humphreys in the secondary. Hamilton in the secondary. The dude Geno Stone in the secondary. Like, they got a lot of playmakers, and they kind of match up well with San Fran, who I've just been talking about for a year and a half now. They might have the most unique offense in football history. Right. In the sense of how versatile, most versatile, that's what it was that I said. So, look, man, the line opened up at five. It's at six now. No way it finishes over that. I think it just stays at six or goes down, because if they hang six and a half, I mean, people are like all the pros are already betting Baltimore. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a really good game. And I'm leaning towards Buffalo, maybe pulling, uh, Buffalo, excuse me, Baltimore. I said Buffalo twice, didn't I? No, no, no. You said oh, Buffalo. Buffalo's on my mind, baby. Dear <laughs> Buffalo. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I would like, mm-hmm. as a Buffalo backer, be rooting for San Fran. Right. Because ideally, like the path, the path that I envision in my head is, after the Buffalo gets in as a seven seed, they go to play the Jaguars as like a two seed, win that game, and then they play Miami, who's the one seed. Because right. the lower seed is who plays the higher seed. Yep. Baltimore, playing Baltimore could get a little fishy. There's also a revenge narrative. Baltimore beat them in the playoffs a couple of years ago, the year that they went to the AFC title game, the 13 seconds. Right. I like... Uh the 49ers in this game okay. for the sole fact of I think this is where the defense line shines the brightest for the 49ers I think this is a, a game in which I can see the Ravens offense hitting a lot of speed bumps early like I'm talking multiple three and outs in the first half that make you go like oh wait hold on this offense isn't necessarily what I think it is now will the 49ers offense capitalize is a whole nother thing. But similar to the way that the Bills kind of routed the Cowboys and everyone was like, I didn't think it would be this bad. I think this could be that bad. Oh, interesting. Um, you in, did in, call in, a Bills. You're, you're, you've been pretty spot on with the blowouts. He did say Buffalo was going to beat up on Dallas said, last week. Because hey, it's all about those, uh, the you know, the spots. I've been better at this yeah. year, like seeing like when teams are going through four games of, Juggernaut, juggernaut, yeah, yeah, juggernaut. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. they're they're gonna have to eventually wean off unless they're the, you know, 2008 Saints. Also, let's pat ourselves on the back. You're also listening to a lot of what we're talking about, too. Yeah. Spots. Yeah. Come on now. Find you know spots. Saying? Gotta find, find these them. spots, bro. Um, so this is one where I see the 49ers, they're 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 riding high right now. And Lamar Jackson, 
against teams that can get pressure with four. And like, not just pressure, but like the 49ers will create these sort of pinch situations where Lamar's not going to get like jiggy on your, on your secondary. Like, yeah. They're really good at setting the edge and then floating yeah. back underneath. Um, so I think he's going to, he's going to have a lot of issues. And Lamar, when he has the ball in the pocket for extended periods of time, I, I think he's way less effective as a quarterback. You know what I mean? Nobody remembers Lamar scrambling around the pocket and throwing a deep ball. You know what I mean? That that doesn't exist. That's not a part of his highlight package, so to speak. But the the Ravens do an amazing job of ensuring that that man has like eight seconds to throw. Yeah. Dude, from a betting perspective, talk about two Titans colliding. Check this shit out that I dug up. The 49ers in their last 17 games at home, 15 and two against the spread. That's a strong number. On the flip side, the Baltimore Ravens, since 2018, as an underdog, 19 and five against the spread. Damn, man. Lamar Jackson in his career. Talk about a guy that's never been a big underdog. He's been a four and a half point underdog at Kansas City. They lost. He's been a six and a half point underdog at Kansas City. They lost. Now five and a half at the time of recording against the Niners. He's one and one against the number in those spots, but he's 0-2 straight up as an underdog. Yeah. No, I did. I, I think even with both teams healthy, I just don't see a way in which the Ravens make this game close. Like it, it'll be a 14 point lead throughout the game, and like the Ravens will just steadily try to try to get it back to within seven, but I don't think it's it's possible. You know what bet is always weird for me that I see? Which one? Will a team score three unanswered uh Oh dude, those are dope. Three unanswered scores. Yeah, three unanswered scores, right? So, you know, I always see In the row, odds. Yeah. I always see the odds and I'm like, how? But this game to me, I'm like, this is one that you should probably take 49ers, three unanswered scores. You know who used to be a cash cow for that? Who? The Patriots. Not yeah. a surprise because right, like right. New England, but like they were known for two minute warning, first half, get the ball, score a touchdown, go into halftime, get the ball back, score a touchdown or kick a field goal because that applies right. also. And then make one stop and then score again. Like yep. this was a thing I remember vividly. The Super Bowl Forty Six. I'm in Indianapolis, and all I remember was the Patriots on twelve different occasions scored a touchdown before the half, and then would get the ball at half, and that's when they would put teams away. Yeah, because when it's ten ten and you score a touchdown before half, seventeen ten, and then you get the ball back, score again. It's twenty four ten. It's a wrap when you're playing New England, and that's exactly what's going to happen this weekend. Wildest stat and trend, I think, in football right now. Lamar Jackson, in his career, has faced 20 NFC teams. Do you know what his record is? 19-1? Uh, and 19-1. And, and I, I have just been uh, seeing all those graphics. And do you know who his only for. loss is to? Wow, that's... No. The Giants beat them last year in MetLife. Remember he had the fumble? Kayvon Thibodeau had the strip strip sack fumble. 
Man, this is when, and then this is when, that's what got Dayball paid. That's what got yeah, Danny Yeah, Dice. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> set the franchise back a couple of years. You know, like, why not? Why not set the franchise back again? But dude, what do you think about that one? There's an NFC team. And, and look, we're being funny and joking around. Yeah. I think there's a lot of truth to it because we've said how he's such a difficult matchup for teams. Mm-hmm. When you're not exposed to him, when you're playing him once every three, four years. Right. That's why he doesn't do well against the Browns and the Bengals and the Steelers because they're like, oh, we see this dude twice a year, sometimes three times a year. Right. Where when you're the Giants or you're the Niners and you just so happen to see them on your schedule, it's, yeah. I, I don't know off the top of my head when they last played. So I think that's a real that's a real trend, man, and it's super interesting. And I think it's the wildest trend right now. He just owns the NFC. He's also, and I knew this from a, a show that I did earlier this year after a game he rushed for 100 yards. He's only lost one of those games, too. He's rushed for 100 yards in, like, nine games. He's eight and one whenever he rushes for over 100. I mean, you got to imagine if he's going for 100, that means that it's he's impossible to off. stop him that week. Yeah. Or the pressure was that good, and he he just had to go create for himself. And I think that is still the most efficient version of Lamar Jackson. Because I'm going to just paint the picture for you right now so you can, as it happens on the first drive, you're not surprised. Lamar will have a chance on a third and eight to run and get a first down and use his athleticism. He will throw on the run and it'll be an incompletion. I've seen this so much with him that it, it, it irks me because I'm like, you got to keep drives moving, Lamar. Yeah. You know what I think happens? I think subconsciously he's probably thinking, I don't need to do this now. Yep. It's the it's the Gronk thing that we've been talking about the last couple episodes. The Patriots would unleash Gronkowski when it was a Sunday night game, a Thursday night game against a big opponent. When it was the Raiders and the then Jaguars, we're not going to waste Gronk. We're not going to show all our goodies. So, Lamar, we don't need you running when you're playing the Cardinals. Right. Let the running backs do that. Mm-hmm. We don't need you running when you're playing the Bengals without Burrow. Let's save it. Let's save it. Come play all time. It's the same thing the Bills do. Right. Josh Allen, t- oh. 12 carries. Unleashed. Yeah. Bro. Get smoked. Doesn't matter. Because it's a playoff game. This is why we paid you quarter of a billion dollars. Because we want you now. So I'm leaning towards Baltimore getting the upset. I'm also a little biased. I'm hoping that's the case. Mm-hmm. But that's how I'm leaning. The other game that I think is super fascinating, the Miami Dolphins are hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. This game is the Spider-Man meme. <laughs> is it so, not? It is 100% Is the it Spider-Man. not both of them just pointing at each other like, yo, <laughs> both of these teams have dominated yep. shitty teams all year. We've been saying the same thing about both of them. And then, you know, when, when Dallas beat up on Philly a couple of weeks ago, that's when we were like, oh shit, Dallas. But then when you really look at it, they're, they're so good at home. They're dropping 40 points a game at home. Right. It's on the road where they look like it looked last week. And it was an it was an unbelievable spot. And it's very important that the video that blew up for us, uh, the talk of the town, that's been a real thing. Mm-hmm. And Dallas and Dak Prescott were the talk of the town last week. And we were giving them the benefit of the doubt to see if they go into Buffalo now that they have all the attention, now that they have all the spotlight, now that you're the MVP candidate and you get a win, we'll feel better about you going into January. I feel the same way about both of these teams. Mm-hmm. That's why it's such a Spider-Man matchup between the two of them because 
I feel like both people don't trust come playoff time. Miami, they're a finesse team. The weather, them going into a team, a building like Kansas City or Baltimore, and it's frigid out. How are they going to play? Yeah. And the same thing with Dallas. Like, yeah, when Dallas is at home in Jerry World, they're great. But on the road, they're not. And when they're playing good teams. So one team is three and four away. Dallas Cowboys, Miami six and one at home. And the one loss was that fucking chaotic game against the Titans on Monday Night Football. That happens that once in a hundred thousand attempts. I don't think I'm going to overthink this one. Uh the Cowboys played a tough game last week after having to defend their title with the Eagles, right? They get smoked. This week, Christmas. You got to play in the factor, the family side of it. I think this week out of any, you got to really look at, uh, okay, this is back-to-back weeks now where they're having to make Christmas plans in the middle of the week. They're having to send their wife the, the credit card information. They're asking their wife why they spent that much money. There's, there's a lot of you wish you were at home so that that way your life was a little more balanced. Uh, you know, I, I really think that the line is indicative of what the Cowboys are possible of. But I think the the Dolphins in a spot like this are going to do exactly what the Bills did last week, and they're just going to turn it up on a 1,000. Remember, they sat Tyreek Hill for this week. They, without a doubt, could have played Tyreek last, last week. But they're like, no, let's get you back to 100. Let's have uh, Deron Bland follow you around all day. And let's uh, add to his low lights. Um, by the way, what will his uh, defensive player of the year numbers become when Tyreek Hill puts up 160 and three touchdowns? <laughs> are we still going to give it to him, people? Or, you know? Yeah, that might be rough. What are his odds, though? Is he even listed? I don't think he is. I think he was Deron listed. Ron Bland is 24 to 1 on wager attack. Who's the favorite? The favorite is Micah Parsons, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, and then it's him. Got it. I think that's right. Yeah. But it's crazy to think that this guy has set the record for most pick sixes in a year. And it's like, no, nah, not defensive player of the year. <laughs> right? Like, think about that. He did it too early. Yeah. By the way, he, he set the record like week 11. Yeah. It's like, you set that record week 17. Everyone's right. like, wait a second. You won someone fantasy you, leagues. With give the, him the award. Yeah. Nah, dude, that's a real thing, man. And again, we've been pretty silly on some of the talking points, but I think there's some truth to a lot of them. You got to do things later. It's the last thing people remember, bro. You're only as good as your last game. And if you go out there and you lay an egg, or if he gets fried by Tyreek Hill or even Jalen Waddle, like, I feel like Waddle gets forgotten often because Tyreek is having such a monster season, right? And rightfully so. It was the same thing where the, the uncrowned champion of the Rams team was Odell. When Odell got there, it really helped make them the legit Super Bowl contender. They wouldn't have won the Super Bowl if it wasn't for Odell. But Cooper Cup had the triple crown. Yeah. Was going through through all that stuff that he was going through. This is the fraud bowl, though. This is the fraud bowl. And this is the first game in NFL history. Ready for this? Cowboys and Dolphins this week in week 16 is the first game in NFL history between two teams with a combined 20-plus wins but just one or fewer wins versus teams with a above 500 record. Wow. 
They've beat up on shit all year, which is what we've been saying. That's why I said this is a Spider-Man meme. Yeah. The Dolphins haven't beaten a team with a winning record since they beat the Bills in week three of last year. And I remember betting that game because it was like 100 degrees in South Beach and they were a six-point underdog. And Buffalo had played like a crazy overtime game the week before. And they went in there and they lost outright. I remember that shit vividly, bro. And that was the last time that they, they beat a team with a winning record. And the only team that has a win against a, uh, a team with a winning record is is Dallas when they beat the Eagles. But besides that, bro, they are not. This is... Uh, you know what might be a fun little prop bet to put in for this one? What? Game will end in a tie. Game will end in a tie. Oh, I know. I know. But doesn't it just kind of seem like it? Like, oh, it's going to be so nasty. They're going to get into overtime. You're going to see field goal, field goal. They're, the Cowboys are going to punt for some reason. <laughs> like, 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 wow, this is really going to happen. Wow. Nick, that is a, that's an interesting side. Because now they're going to ride this like, oh, we beat a winning team right, into the playoffs. Right. And I don't know. I don't know. I'm leaning towards Miami because the game is outdoors. Miami is so good at home, especially if Tyreek is playing. I'm leaning towards them. But again, this is a, they're a one point favorite right now. Feels like they're begging you to take Dallas. This I, is probably a stay away. I'm probably not going to bet this game. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems to. What's over under? It's going to be big. 49 and a half. Hmm. I feel like when I saw it, it was 51. It's dropped. Ah. It opened up at 51. It's at 49 and a half now. Yeah. And it was juiced to the over. It was minus 125. Wow. I don't know, man. This is, this is a tough one. I think that it might be one that I just sit back and enjoy. Right. Try not to bet it. But it's two teams that, again, it's a Spider-Man meme, bro. It's really Will what this Tony Pollard is. ever go off in a game? Can, is this the game where Tony Pollard, like, says, oh, hey, by the way, like, Zeke isn't here anymore. Yeah. I, 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 this is, I'm running back one. Listen, man, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but. They need it. Just as much as we bring it up with Buffalo, but. The Cowboys need a run game, yeah, bro. Yeah, their identity is running behind the offensive Their identity line. is CeeDee Lamb. Yeah. Not oh, even Dak Prescott. CeeDee Lamb is Justin Jefferson last year. He's having an incredible year. Like, <laughs> it's, it's nuts. 103 catches, 1,300 yards, eight touchdowns. Mm. Um, yeah, it's. But it feels like he didn't really even get going to like week five or like week four in the season. Like after they lost to the Cardinals. And remember, the first couple of weeks was all their defense. Lots of defensive luck for the Cowboys. It's just not going to happen. He had a four-game stretch in the middle of the year where he went absolutely nuclear. 117, 158, 191, 151. Mm. And that's where, you know, like even that loss to Philly, he had 11 for 191. Yeah. And just went crazy. That's when people were like, oh, you can actually throw on Philly. And like effortlessly. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but they have Bradbury and they have they have Slay. Dude, I'm struggling with this one. Who do you got winning this game? I got the Dolphins. I got the Dolphins. Uh, do you think the line moves at all? I think it'll probably go down. And might get to a pick them. Because mm. no one's going to see a plus number with Dallas and not take it. At least that's what I think. I feel that. So... But with that being said, that's exactly why I, I like the Dolphins. But I would take them, uh, you know, at one, at one and a half, 
you can tease it up. You know, this might be a good one to put into a teaser. So I'm like comfortable. Six point teaser the other way gives me to still at least cover by a field goal if they lose. So yeah, a lot of these games, uh, I've heard a lot of sports better say that like books have hated teasers this year because the, the parody in the NFL and, you know, when I look back at, you know, my profits this year, although minimal, they've all come from, you know, buying points and, and teasing and finding like where I can feel comfortable with a team. That's why they're called teasers. Yep. It's literally in the name because they make it appealing to you. Mm-hmm. Wait, this team could lose by 17? I'll take that. And then that's when you get screwed. The term is called crossing key numbers. So like 7, 10, those are key numbers. You never want to cross it. Mm-hmm. And that's usually where like things get funky for people. Teasers, I'm not a fan of teasers. I don't like teasers. I also feel like teasers are too condom sex. It's kind of not my thing. Um, yeah. I like crazy parlays, bro. You know, or straight bets. You know what's crazy, dude? Staying on this topic a little bit, because you were talking about like profitability and this will kind of segue um, a little bit into our next conversation where we had a NBA player, a former NBA player, CJ Watson, coming on the show. A really dope interview. Um, he was awesome. But this year is probably the worst record I've had against the spread since I started creating content. And it's yeah. still good. Like, it's above 500. I'm like 38 and 32, kind yeah. of. But it's the most money I've won. Bigger bets? Yeah. You, you Well, you just... Like, I've... And, and like, look, man, I've said this in the past. I'm a $25, $50 better. Yeah. If I, post if, I really, if I really like a game, I'll go to 100. Mm-hmm. But, dude, there's been some spots where Bill's Miami. Mm-hmm. They're like $700 on that, which was my entire bankroll for the year on the one app. Right. It was a lot for me. I was sweating that game until it got out of it because it was 14-14. Right. Then it was when Buffalo played, sorry, when Miami played the Eagles. Same exact scenario. Threw like seven or $800 on that. 2-0. and Got crushed when the Eagles played the Niners. Mm-hmm. So my record against the spread this year, and I'll have an update for it next time we record. It's kind of average, maybe like 52, 53%. Mm-hmm. But it's the most money because of like unit betting, right? Like I'm doing a better job, especially being out here. Like people love unit betting. And I used to be used to be a really polarizing conversation for me because like your unit size might be $10 a bet. His might be 10K, but it's still a unit. Yeah. So that's where I got more open to it. And again, I'm not married to my ideas and my opinions, especially yeah. when like all the professional betters I meet, like, oh, dude, units is where it's at. Yeah. But I'm also not married to like, because I've heard people say like, you should have an established one, almost like a golf handicap. Right. And then you should like increase as you, you know, have proven that at this, at this unit size, I can be over 54%. Right. So now I can move to $20. Sure. So, and that, yeah, and that's exactly how it should be. But I'm just in, I'm in my feels, I guess. Well, like I'm in my, I really have a great feeling about this game. Like when I bet Tyree killed to score a touchdown versus the Titans and he gets injured in the first quarter. Right. So here's the thing. You bring up a fascinating point because it's so true. That's why you need to make your unit changes year after year. 
it can't be week after week. And look, I'm sounding hypocritical because I just told you when I really fucking like it, but it can't be that you really fucking like a game every week. Yeah. It needs to be something where it's again, situational betting has to be a spot that you really like. And that's where the good betters, they can go from a hundred dollar unit size to a thousand now because they're like, yo, you know what, man, the last four years, dude, I'm up 50 units every football season. And then you're saying to yourself, if I'm doing that on a hundred dollar betting, what can it be? What can it, you know, that's 5k. If I'm doing it on a thousand, that's 50. That's where the conversation comes into play. And I think making that, and I've been guilty of that too, bro. When I go on those heaters, yeah, I'm like, oh dude, subathon, I'm throwing a hundred on that, not 25. Yeah. And then before you know it, you're like dumped four units. It's a post-nut clarity too of yes. like, well, as soon as it exactly. loses, uh, exactly, exactly that. This man. wasn't supposed to be like that. So I think it's really important. You gotta put the reps in. You got to put like, I dude, think I just learned how to bet like three years ago. I, I'm, I've been around right, it my whole life. I'm right around with you. Like it's weird because you start betting on your own and then you start being in this space. So working around Bill Krakenberger, like it changes the way that you perceive value and, yeah. and betting as a whole. And like, I think one of the big mentality shifts for me this year was like, I'm going to war with this casino. <laughs> I don't think I ever used to feel like, like I was, I was competing with them, right? I was like, Oh, it's cool. Like I could place a bet here. But now I'm like, I left Circa this past week. I told you I, I had, I had an amazing weekend cashed out of Circa because they have the toughest lines to beat yeah. ever. So I was like, let me get my fucking money out of there. And as I was leaving, I was like, I told Cameron, I, I was like, I just fuck Circa over. And you don't know how good I feel right now. She was like, what do you mean? I'm like, I fucked him. I fucked <laughs> Like, bro, I was hyped. It feels good when you leave a casino and you're hyped. up on them. Yeah. Well, dude, last thing I'll say about this. And I think it's really important not to be married to your ideas and your opinions in any aspect of life. Right. right? But especially with sports betting. I'm not going to mention which game it was because I don't know if he was selling it or whatnot. but. The guy you just mentioned, Krakenberger. He's a professional better out here. There's been documentaries on him. He's on VEASAN and all that. I was talking to your, your boss, John Orlando, one time. And I was like, I shot videos for this game. I, not a write-up, but like I tweeted about it a lot. I posted about it a lot. And he was like, dude, Bill is on the other game really confidently. That changes my perspective on it. This guy's been doing it for 30 fucking years. Yeah. I'm not going to be like, oh, no, nah, I'm not going to be stubborn. No, he was right. I was wrong. When it's someone like that and they got that kind of cachet and they got that kind of experience, you have to be open to see it from that perspective. Correct. Too, right. Correct. And then there's been on the opposite sides where when I first met him, we were talking about the John Jones card. John Jones against God. He was like, what, what do you like? He's like, John told me you're a UFC guy. You know, your UFC stuff really well. He's like, what do you like? I was like, John is going to put him out in one round. He's like, oh, that's what everyone's saying. And then I went on this like rant. He's like, oh, okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And then I was right. So it's like, because he was saying the line got out of hand. I got to bet gone now the value. I'm like, nah, not with fighting. It's a little different than team sports. But again, like it's really important if someone is adamant about one thing and they are in that field for so many years, you should be open to it. Yeah. You get, you gotta, I realize that's why people pay for picks and there's certain individuals that sell their picks that I'm like, I don't think you've put in the reps 
like you should. Like it, it's like I'm paying for picks from a triple A baseball team as opposed to the New York Yankees. Yeah. And with Bill, it definitely feels like the Yankees. But then you also realize that, like you said, he doesn't get up every week and is like, all right, which what is the most important game this week? There might not be one. Yeah. And I've realized that like throughout this year. And that's why going into circa millions next year when I play it, it's got to be like miserable. Oh, like, dude. Like, like you, you have to, that's you why have to the, choose. Like the way the, the Patreon is brought up and with the Discord, we we don't always like the, there. there's games that we put in the contest that we don't bet on, but we have to, we have to put have five to. in. Right. Of those five, we maybe like two of them. Right. But you have to put in five. So we just tell you the picks that we do put in. And then I'll put like little asterisks next to it. Like I actually bet this one. Right. And then you'll see, like, if you look at the log, it's like not every game has the three dots, the asterisks next to it. Right. Like, no, nah, I really bet this one. And then when it has like six, seven, eight, nine, ten dots, that's the one that I got. It was my favorite play of the week. So it's a fascinating world. It's a fascinating way to try to make money and try to buy sneakers if you're someone like me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's go to break. We'll do some ad reads. And when we come back, we will have former NBA player and Las Vegas native, CJ Watson. Let's give a shout out to one of our sponsors, Fly Me Out. Legends, do you ever feel the urge to break away and discover the world with a like-minded tribe? Let me introduce you to Fly Me Out, the premier social travel club. Imagine if LinkedIn, Airbnb, and Raya had a travel-loving baby. Whether you're looking to network with professionals on a beach or bond with creatives in the heart of a city, Fly Me Out has got you covered. Dive into the curated experiences with their platform, and it's never been easier for you to find your tribe and see the globe. Don't just travel, make memories or fly me out. As someone that recently just went to Colombia over the summer for the first time, my dream place to go and visit, and I went there by myself because my friends are lame as shit and they didn't want to go on vacation, fly me out is exactly what I needed in my life. They scout and curate the trips to some of the world's most exciting locations, and it's a phenomenal way to network with some of the top achievers and innovators from various fields in the many industries out there. Use the code VM1 for expedited application review. I want to assure you that I'm wholeheartedly behind this one because one of my really good friends, Zach, is the mastermind behind it. When going to sign up, use the code VM1 for expedited application review, and I promise it's going to be a good time. Joining us now here on Veterans Minimum, a Vegas local. Yes. Born and raised just like you. Amazing. Right? Except, you know, he played professionally, unlike you. I'm uh, you, The jury's still out there. I can still make it. You could. I can make it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Pickleball. go, man. Pickleball. Pickleball. Yep. Uh, a guy who also, you, CJ Watson joining us, uh, buried the lead there. But uh, you also played in Greece? Yeah, Greece, Italy, and Turkey. My nationality is Greek. So okay, like, okay. How'd you like that. it? I don't know no Greek. Oh, no. Yeah, I was going to start talking Greek <laughs> yeah, to you. Yeah. But how was that when you it was went cool. overseas? Uh, I lived in Thessaloniki. Okay. That yeah, was yeah. pretty cool. Uh, actually, I played the, for the USA team with the Thessaloniki when I was in a freshman in college, too. So it was crazy that I went back to the same city, you know, uh, that I played in before. So it was cool. Uh, it was definitely, you know, on the beach, you know, nice weather, uh, Americanized food. So it was cool. Hell yeah, man. Dude, when yeah. I, I went to... Uh, I've been out there too a bunch of times. Uh, I'm from Athens originally, yeah. like my family. And uh, it's beautiful up there, man. Yeah, it's nice. Up north, it's, it's, it's pretty popping. 
Did you play like where the flares are, like outdoors? Yeah. No, yeah. we didn't play outdoors inside, but all the flares, they threw pennies at you, lighters. If you're, your team sucked, it was overseas is crazy, man. People don't really know. <laughs> no, that's nuts. I just know them for the flares, but the yeah, pennies is everything. Wild. Yeah. So how intimidating is that playing in front of crowds like that? Because like for me, it's kind of normal. Like yeah. growing up, my, my dad is Greek. My family's all Greek. So like I, my, my claim to fame, I take a lot of pride in like Cosign and Luca. Yeah, yeah. Before he came, right? Because I watch all the Champions League stuff yeah. because it'd be midweek, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday games. Right. I just remember this dude cooking everybody and he was 16, 17 years old. And then, yeah. you know, it's a guard dominant league. I'm like, mm -hmm. if he's doing this to grown ass men, right. I think he's going to be fine in the league, yeah, yeah. right? And to me, it was always normal. Like the, the flares, I'm a big soccer fan. Yeah. But it's such a culture shock when you go out there and mm -hmm. you see all that shit. Yeah. How how different is it playing? Like you 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 kind of hinted at it, but like, can you dive deeper into that? Yeah, it's crazy. So for me, uh, I came right out of college and I went overseas, and uh, that was my first time knowing of anything like that. Like playing in that type of atmosphere, like over there, overseas, they take sports I think more serious than they do here in the states because it's like life or death over there. If you don't win, like you 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 can go down, get delegated, or whatever, and go to the the next lower league, which you don't want. And uh, also, like I said, it's just, it's just, they take it real different and serious over there. They got tattoos, you know, you know, people, families, like for years been celebrating that team or repping that team. So it's different. Do you feel like that, that could ever work in the States, the, the relegation stuff where you get sent down? Uh, I think so. I think it'd be good if like for college, maybe started in college and then see if it, see if it works there, then do it in the pros maybe, but I don't know. You need a lot more teams, obviously, but yeah, I don't know how that would work. Man, it's so hard because like that's always that's always something that I think is really intriguing about Europe mm -hmm. where, you know, you can't tank because then you're going to yeah, yeah. drop down a division and you lose all this money. Yeah. But, you know, as, an, as a New York fan, I'm a Knicks fan. <laughs> they probably would have been <laughs> sent down many times, times over the yeah, last, sure. yeah. last <laughs> decade plus. And I just think that the brand is so big and powerful. Like the yeah. Knicks are one of the most expensive franchises in the world. Yeah. And they've been dog shit for, I'm 32, right? So I've been watching <laughs> basketball since I was seven. Like, what, 22 of the 25 years that I've been following? So right. I don't know if that would ever work out. Yeah, I like the college method, though. I think they should do it. They could do it in college football for sure. Yeah, like, they, they're, they're doing it in high school here now. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. You could kind of see it like yeah. around, even in California, how they have like seven different yeah. divisions. But uh, no, I always wondered like out there in Europe, like what is the the media coverage like? Is it equally as intense or uh, is it, you know, not think, as bad as I think, as think in your here? bigger cities, it's equally intense. All the cities I play for are small cities. So we have like one local newspaper guy writing about us. But if you're in the big cities like Athens or Rome or a big team like that, I'm sure the, the media is, is, you know, just like living in uh, L.A. or New York or Chicago, something like that. Sure. Damn. What is what is ESPN out there in Greece? Is there like a I don't I don't know. It's like a some FIBA something. I don't know. Okay. All I do is watch. I played on my internet all day. I don't know what, what I didn't watch TV. <laughs> I, feel you. I watch movies and DVDs all the time. <laughs> DVDs. Yeah, that's a throwback. Back. <laughs> that's, that's a super throwback. <laughs> Dude, what would you say is uh the biggest difference? I mean, you you were playing in the league not too long ago, but you said something interesting before we started recording that you you haven't touched the basketball in a while. Yeah. Why is that? Just I just felt like I gave the game everything I had, um, you know. Then I think last like two or three years, waking up every day with injuries, you know, uh, just being in pain. I felt like I just I didn't want to live like that no more. That's kind of you know half the reason why I retired. But um, just and then not playing, being able to play against people of my caliber. If 
I go play a lifetime, no offense to those guys, but they are not the same caliber that I was just playing against. <laughs> so it's no fun. It's no fun to for me or or probably for them. I don't know. Yeah. Do they do they get that like shock to their system when they realize just how good an NBA player is? I think so, yeah. Because I feel like a, there's a lot of delusion to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously you get those people who like, you know, because I was that one guy also like, uh, I don't know. I don't know who even to even get an example, but I would always say like this guy is on the end of the bench. He's not playing. I can I can take his spot, but you know that guy probably doesn't know how hard he worked to get there. He's probably nice as hell. <laughs> probably got a killer jump shot. You just can't guard him, but he just don't see the court. I mean, it's, it's guys like that all the time in the league. I've always felt like if if a team just decided to, and and I'm looking at like your stats here. You've had some thirty point games. You've had some monster games. And if a team, a guy like you, if a team just said like, "Yo, we're gonna give you thirty looks tonight." Yeah, you'd probably have a monster game, right? So how you much? Should, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. But so, like, I know it's kind of obvious, but how much of that is dictated on the system and the team you go to mm. to allow a guy like you to flourish? I think it's it's a hundred percent the the system and the the coach. For me, when I went to Don Nelson, the Warriors uh, from the G League, I, I I play an up and down system, so their system fit perfect for me because uh, Don Nelson told me as soon as I got there. I'm going to give you the green light and go out there to do what you do. And that's kind of how they played the game. That's how I played. So you have no option but to flourish in a system like that. And then with the Bulls? The Bulls was kind of like I said, it was more of an East Coast style. Our, our tips was like a half-court guy. He was more struck on defense, uh, which is cool for me too because I like to gamble and get steals and stuff like that. But uh, the offense, uh, while it took for me to get there because I had to find where to get my shots at, where to get my other teammates shot because then I was really a point guard. I couldn't really be like a point guard, two guard. I, I wasn't really, I didn't need to score, honestly. Because <laughs> I had guys on the two, three, and four position who scored pretty much better than I did. So I just had to, you know, sacrifice for Facilitate. the team. Yeah, yeah. When did you feel like you kind of figured out that, like, you belonged in the league? Was that, like, from day one? Was it when you got to Chicago? Like, when was that moment that you said, yo, I could kind of, I could mm -hmm. do my thing here? I think it was, like, when I played for the Warriors my second year. I think I had, like, a 38 or a 40-point game or something like that. Um, just like all the hard work I've been putting in, the long hours, just trying to figure out uh, my 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 role in the team, and then also how I can score. And then I um, just just comparing myself to other guys in my position. Like you know, I came off the bench most of my career, so I had to go against guys like Ramon Sessions, uh, uh, who else? Uh, got Nate Robinson. Like I was comparing my guys, comparing myself to those guys. So mm -hmm. if I did well against those guys, my numbers matched those guys. I was like, hey, why can't I be a, a starting or a backup point guard in the league? So that's kind of how I looked at it. On the nights where you ever have someone guard you and you were just like, yo, it's crazy that this dude is guarding me right now. Yeah. <laughs> For me, that was Kobe. Like, I had to guard Kobe. It was a, a total mid-trash. <laughs> I'm in the post and uh, Coach Nelson sending no double teams. He's like, guard a one-on-one. -on -one. I'm like, uh, are you sure? <laughs> you know what's about yeah. to happen, Coach? <laughs> Somebody better come help. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, it's just like, for me, it was Kobe. Kobe's my Michael Jordan. So, right. kind of how it was. Right. And then on the flip side, like, were you ever disrespected by someone trying to guard you? Uh, I don't think so. I think I just hated guys who were shorter than me who just picked me up for, full court. I hated that. That was like a. The That's biggest. why you brought up Nate Robinson. Yeah, yeah. You were like, <laughs> but Nate really, he was kind of like older. So he was like, a, you know, most like the younger guys who were. First and second year guys coming in, trying to make a name for themselves, make a team or whatever. I'm like, dog, why are you guarding me full court? It it's doesn't like make Alvarado right now. Yeah, yeah, I, would, I would hate that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to him. He's from New York City. So He's that's, that's it, my though. guy. I'm always following that. Um, I wanted to ask you something about this year with basketball. Like, because uh, you say that you follow it too. 
what stood out to you this year in the NBA? We're about like 20, 25 games in. Like, yeah. what's what's the one thing that, let's go with shocked you so far that you've seen? Uh, for me, I think the only thing that shocked me is just to see how the in-season tournament would go. Like, every Before the season, people were like, you know, it's not going to be good. It's going to be good. Then actually seeing it and then seeing the courts, some were ugly, some were good. Uh, and then seeing the competitive uh, nature of the of the games. Like, no games are really blowouts. Maybe say for a couple, but everybody was competitive because they're working towards a goal. So I think it was pretty cool just to have that fan engagement and the players also taking it serious too. Would you have been excited to play in something like that? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you get an extra five hundred thousand if you win. Uh, I think one of our teams would have hopefully won it. Yeah, <laughs> you <laughs> got close. Yeah, they're going. That's yeah. why, like from a from a betting perspective, the Pacers were like fifty to one yeah, to, yeah. to win it at the yeah. beginning of it. Cause like no one really knew the structure of it until yeah. like later on. It's, it's like they were giving you new details every like one yeah, or two yeah. weeks. And then when you looked at the roster and I actually bet on them to uh, beat the Bucks, and then I lost when I bet on them to beat the Lakers. Yeah. And the biggest thing was those incentives. I think there was 10 guys on the roster that make like 3 million mm-hmm. this year. So for them to get half half a mil yeah, yeah, in, that, sure, yeah. in, in those two games, yeah. like that's why they were going so crazy and going so hard. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that that incentive just makes a difference, especially for those first and second year guys. I think that even for like the Lakers, Bron said in his interview, like this is why I I wanted to win because these guys on the bench or G League guys don't really play that much, and you know they 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 want to get some extra money for them. So, yeah, I think I thought it was LeBron James was like, I'm making Space Jam Four. I'm going to cast all you guys, and then <laughs> it actually got canceled. And he's like, Fuck, we need to win. This <laughs> got some cashes, some checks. I need to cash. Uh, do you, what do you think they should change about it, if anything, with the in-season tournament? I think the point differential. I think that's a, a big thing. I mean, I think it's kind of like soccer, maybe, yeah. uh, like overseas. But yep. I think they just do wins and losses probably be better because I think that's why some players or some teams were, you know, in that little close gap because uh, the point differential. Some teams are still running up to score in some games. And, like, I mean, I, I don't think you should have that. It's just either you win or lose. Dude, the point differential is so crazy because in soccer, it's called the aggregate. So yeah, it's yeah. like a team plays home and away. Now it's not as confusing, but bro, a couple of years ago, like an away goal used to, it was really like <laughs> one and a half goals. So you look at it, it's like, oh, it's five, five on aggregate. But yeah, your team scored three goals yeah, yeah. in my hometown. No, you're already confusing And it's like, yeah, exactly. Too much math for me. Yeah, it was too much. And it's like, wait, but it's tied. But nah, it's not really you're like, wow, oh, fuck this, man. This shit's right. too confusing. Uh, this is So this is like a betting show, right? We're kind of talking about with the Pacers. I'm always fascinated by player interactions with fans. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're talking to someone who, my one of my favorite sporting events is Malice at the Palace. Because mm-hmm. I think there's some fans that act out of pocket. Yeah, yeah. And it's because they know that no one, you're not going to want to go and slap someone that says some dumb shit to you because you're going to get sued. You yeah, have your no career. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But if they did have repercussions, I don't think right. they'd act like that. <laughs> Whether it's like betting, parlays, or, or even like daily fantasy, you got any interesting stories from those interactions from, um, from fans? I think the, the craziest part was like, you know, always playing in Salt Lake for me. Uh, that's one of the worst arenas to play in as a player because the fans just say whatever. And it's mostly a white, you know, fan base there. So, I mean, Ru- 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 Russ has an interaction yeah, like every year since it's, he got in the league. And uh, I, I can understand because sometimes they, they, they do get acting crazy. You know, they sell beer or liquor at the game. So they say the, I've heard the N word thrown around by, by white people on the, uh, in the fan the stand. So like I said, that's just the most crazy arena for, for a player playing, I think. Uh, but I've never like myself in, in, had uh, any interactions with fans. 
Well, I, I like when fans talk trash. It makes me play better, play harder too. <laughs> Cause I want to shut you up. <laughs> but anyone hit you on Twitter and be like, yo, bro, why didn't you get another oh, bucket? I got death threats when I play for the Bulls all the time. We lost in the playoffs. I got death threats and, uh, um, you know, people saying, uh, you, you messed up my, uh, my ticket. <laughs> Cause I'm from Vegas. A lot of my family lives here. They, they bet they, uh, do stuff like that. So, uh, I get hit up all the time you know, when I used to play. So it's definitely funny to hear it, but you know, can we really do about do anything about it back in the day. So. That's crazy, bro. What do you do when you get a death threat? Like, do you, just do you tell the police? And, like, I no. I mean, I, sometimes like they investigate you, uh, like the, the league uh, office or whatever. Uh, the security come talk to you or whatever, but uh, most of the time, you know, I just I just block them on Twitter or whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's nuts. Because I, I mean, like you serious. said it, but then I'm like, I've never received a death threat. Like, I honestly don't know what I would do. Right? Yeah, yeah. I don't take it too serious. By a gun, yeah. probably. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's, that's so I, wild, bro. Because like I, I've been betting. The betting's been around my my family my whole life, and that's one of the reasons why I got so into it. Yeah. And now it's a lot easier to have these conversations because like mm -hmm. I turned it into something. But I've never, I, I think like the worst thing I ever did was I, I DM'd Cam Newton one time. <laughs> and all I said was like, high and tight, buddy. Like holding the football because <laughs> he fumbled at the oh, goal yeah. line. But like, that was like funny, you know, it was never death threats or yeah, anything yeah. crazy like yeah. that. Or uh, when I met, when I had Brandon Marshall on the show and I was like, dude, you're the reason why I don't play in that many fantasy leagues anymore because right. you'd score a touchdown. And in four leagues, it helped me. Yeah, yeah. Then in another five leagues, it like killed me. I'm like, bro, yeah, I got to yeah. play in just one league. Right, yeah. But it's, it's like a gift and a curse because I feel like betting has made a lot of games like more interesting. You know, yeah, like for a sure, Tuesday yeah. night game, you throw 50 bucks on something. You're like, oh, I'm at the bar with the boys. We're chilling. Mm. Why not? But yeah. sometimes as someone that like, I love doing it and I love talking about it, it sucks when there are those people. But yeah, yeah. that's kind of like how it is anywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like it too. And the only thing for me is betting is like how the close to the lines be every time. Like, I don't understand how they how these people are making the lines. Like, it's right on like the Bulls by five. They win by four or they win by six or they win by five. <laughs> I don't understand how it's so close every time. <laughs> Bro, it's the most fascinating thing ever. Like, on a large scale, I'd say like 80% of yeah, the yeah. games land. With right, right. There are some games where like yeah. Bulls are minus five and they yeah, win by yeah. thirty. Right, yeah, like that happens. But for yeah. the most part, it's it's pretty accurate, man. Yeah. What do you think about? Because uh, I feel as if, and the, you know what? Now it just crossed my mind. It's actually perfect that you're on because I have a theory that the NBA MVP award became mm -hmm. such a major talking point during the time that you were in the league because of how dominant the Cavs and like the Warriors were. Yeah, yeah. so. A lot of my friends were so dismissive of the regular season because they're like, bro, why am I going to watch this shit? It's yeah, going to yeah. be the Warriors and the Cavs, right? right? Yeah. And it was for four straight years. Right. <clears throat> it was around that time where like, bro, every week they were talking about MVP, MVP, MVP. Yeah. Was that something you felt in the league? Was that something you guys maybe talked about where, not that obviously you wanted to knock those teams down and get yeah. there, but a shift in people asking you about MVP or your thoughts on MVP when you're being interviewed? I think it's like most of the time, like you said, when LeBron was like at his height, uh, you knew he was going to win the MVP, especially if they had like the best record or whatever. It was no question. Uh, I think the only year that like I said didn't change that was when I played for the Bulls and D Rose won the MVP because we had the best record in the league. So, uh, and I, I don't think Bron really honestly cared about getting the MVP. He won the championship more, but I think that was the only time like we knew Bron or Steph was going to win the MVP. There's no one else gonna win it <laughs> no matter if you have the best record or not unless you were killing like d rose which right. he was like everybody like i've seen people like you know not want to play against him because he, he was that fearful <laughs> he was that feared in the league damn man what was that season like 
It was crazy. It was like a, it was like rock star. Like D Rose, like uh, he took the know, lead by storm, bro. By, by storm everywhere. Like I said, everywhere we went, and it was crazy because we hung out as a team. Like it wasn't, a, it wasn't. We didn't have like any clicks or anything. Everyone hung out together. We went out together. We partied together uh, on the road together. We went to eat together. So like, like I said, I, I uh, it was one of my best years ever. How does that happen on a team? Because I always hear like players talk about like their favorite year is a year where they're always doing everything together. Yeah. Like what makes that happen? Well, who's like the singular leader or like? Yeah. So we had Joe Kim Noah, who he was definitely the leader of the, he was a, he was a rock star in himself. He likes to have fun. <laughs> if you know him. He's yeah. A <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and I think uh, everyone just knew their role. Like uh, we had bench players who knew their role. Uh, I think our, our bench players could have been the starting five, like me, Kyle, uh, Ronnie Brewer, Omir Osik, uh, Taj Kempson. We could have been our own starting five because we pushed those guys in practice uh, better than probably most teams did uh, when we played in the, during the season. So I think uh, just, yeah, everyone just knowing their role and just kind of no one really kind of having an ego. I think that's the biggest thing. We all came in wanting to be better because they no one picked us to go to the playoffs. No one that year at all. <laughs> we had a new coach. Motivation. New players, new pretty much only four returning uh, starters. So everyone had a chip on their shoulder. What's the swing of emotions when D Rose goes down? Like, because uh, I remember you guys had a lot of hype, and like yeah. you guys were good too, right? Yeah, yeah. And he he had like youngest MVP ever. Yep. So, if you could remember what it was like going into the playoffs, and then after he gets hurt. Uh, so going in the so the second year going into the playoffs, we we had a chip on our shoulder again because this is a half season. Also, this is a lockout year. Yep. Um. So we come in. I think we played the Lakers like on Christmas Day. We beat them. I think they won it the year before. So we're like, yeah, if we beat them. We can, we're going to win this for sure this year. <laughs> uh, so then, like I said, when he goes down, it's just a, it's just a shock because I think that whole year, everybody was hurt. Like me, you know, Luau, Joe Kim, the whole team was hurt. Uh, but uh, like just going down, we just didn't think it would have been that serious. He would have came back maybe a game or two at least. But like I said, just when we got the news, it was just like a, a blow to the gut or whatever. So, yeah. Awesome. It was a blow to the gut to me, dude. I mean, yeah, was, yeah. I mean just like you said earlier, a blank check for John Morant. Like no matter where he plays, like you'd want to go see him. Right. Derrick Rose is yeah, yeah for sure the, the first version of that. Yeah. yeah. Do you think John Morant should necessarily worry about that? Because I remember watching a sports science one time talking about the way that Derrick Rose would land on one leg was yeah. the reason why he had as many injuries as he did. And then yeah. you watch John Morant. Yeah, yeah. He's landing on one leg. Well, Ja, like, the other thing is, it looks like he's going to kill someone when he goes <laughs> to the bucket. Like yeah, it's yeah. it's so like. My favorite John Moran highlights are his missed dunks. Right, yeah, dunks yeah. Is like It hits yeah. off the back of the rim and goes back to the yeah, other yeah. side. Yeah. Like, those shits are vicious, bro. Yeah, but think, there's a lot of similarities between them. Oh, yeah, for sure. I definitely think, uh, I mean, I think Russ is more athletic than all of them. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Especially a young Russ. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he's more off like a one leg. D-Rose is more two-legged, I think. And he was just fast, like side to side, uh, front to back. But uh, I think with the technology we have now, you know, all the, all the sports science we have, I think hopefully, you know, he'll... He won't get injured and, you know, he'll protect his body better. I think if D-Rose could do it again and know all the stuff he knows now, I definitely think he'd be doing, like, a lot more, you know, probably more stuff in the weight room maybe just to protect his his landing and knees and stuff like that. But you, you just never know. You just know what you know going into it and no one tells you. You just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> because you're so young. Yeah. I mean, John Morantz, how old? 20, 20, 23, 24, like yeah, around yeah. there. I think less than that. He went, yeah, he went crazy yesterday, yeah. his first game back. I hit a, at a same game parlay. I took all his overs. Yeah. Cause a lot of people were like, cause I put the ticket up on, on uh, Twitter and then I posted about it and I put it in the Discord before the game. So if you guys are in the Discord for Veterans Minimum, you're welcome. 
<laughs> he was actually like practicing with the team. Yeah. People forgot that. Yeah. You know, like, oh, is he going to be on a minutes restriction? It's like, nah, bro, he's, he was healthy. He was fine. He yeah. just got suspended because of the gun charges and right. all the things that happened. Staying with John Morant, though, like, as a vet now, right? You're out the league. You've been there, done that. You had a lengthy career. What advice would you give to a guy like Ja, Anthony Edwards? Yeah. These, like, young bucks that come into the league. Because, like, bro, I'll, I'll be 33 in March. <laughs> if you handed me $10 million, I'm probably going to do some dumb shit. Right. right. Like, I've never, like, come from money like that. Right. Like, I'm having a good year. I'm pretty yeah, yeah. successful now. But that's that's generational yeah, yeah. in, sure, in yeah. many, many situations. Yeah, yeah. So I'm always, I'm always laughing at pundits on TV, media, when they're like, how dare he do this and that? It's like, bro, 20, he's, they're 20 years old coming into the yeah. league and making millions of dollars, shoe yeah. endorsements. But on the flip side, it's like, someone like you, what do you say to guys like that? Like, what uh, advice would you give them? Just keeping the right people around you. I mean, it's kind of cliche, but, you know, I think that's just the, the biggest thing of it, you know? Uh, obviously, he, had, he made some bad decisions, bad choices, but... Uh, those guys around him didn't really care uh, about him or his future. So if you get guys around you that do care, uh, like LeBron, you know, he, all his friends work for him or have their own businesses or whatever, and they're all looking out for LeBron. So I think that's just the the biggest thing, knowing that you're, you know, you're a CEO of your own company. Every time you go somewhere or step on the court, especially someone of his magnitude, everyone's going to be trying to figure out or, or pinpoint something against you to try to get you in trouble. So like I said, just keeping those smart people around you, you know, people who care about your your future too. How difficult is it to separate, like, your boys growing up when you make it, now you're in the league, like, separating that when, I'm sure they probably came to you with business ideas yeah, yeah. or advice, and you're like, come on, bro. Right, yeah. I know you ain't about that. Right. Like, that's not your thing. Yeah, like, like I said, so, it's, it's tough, man. You just got to, I mean, I don't know, just pray about it. <laughs> that's all you really can do. And just go with your gut feeling, because, like I said, everyone's going to come to you looking for a check or looking for a payday. Uh so, and everyone thinks they have the greatest idea. So you just got to, you know, like I said, just figure it out. It's, I can't really tell no one what to do, but uh, for me, I just say, I just go with my gut and, and trying to just make the best decision possible. That's good. That's good. Now, when you didn't decide to go play at UNLV and win a national title for the city. <laughs> they didn't like, recruit me. So let's get that right. Fuck you. <laughs> we, they really messed that up right They there. messed it up. Exactly. You were just too high profile. I don't know. You went and played at Tennessee. What other schools could you have played at? Uh, My dream school was UCLA. So I was going to go to UCLA, but the coach got fired. So I just opened back up my recruiting. So Tennessee is my family's from there. Uh, My parents are from two hours from there. Okay. If I need anything like my grandma, my aunts and uncles, my sister lived there. So it was a, it was a no brainer. That makes sense. That makes sense. I was like, man, you, you could have really helped us win at Nah, they, they didn't recruit me. I still have, I still tell people all the time when I go there, like y'all didn't recruit me. It's not my fault. Oh, <laughs> I wanted to stay home. I didn't want to leave. <laughs> Dude, it's 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 That's funny. It's, yo, it's so funny you bring that up because like growing up in New York City, like how does St. John's not yeah. have the number one program in the country with all these players Literally, that come out yeah. of there too? You know, and yeah. all these guys always leaving. Yeah. And do you think it was better for you that you left your hometown to go play? Maybe, like I said, I don't know. Because, like I said, I, who knows if I would have got caught up in partying and, you know, clubs right. or whatever. But um, I was pretty, even when I went to college in Tennessee, it wasn't like a, a big party school. But uh, there was obviously stuff to do all the time. But uh, I just never did it. I only went out maybe my senior year. That's the first time I went out. Damn, you were locked in, bro. Yeah, I just wanted to play basketball, go to school and, you know, have fun. But, you know, I just stayed in my apartment most of the time. And did you know, did you know in high school, did you know at some point in college that you could make it to the league? So I didn't really think about the NBA, honestly, until my 
freshman year of college when I played for that USA team I was saying. Uh, I played with guys like J.J. Reddick, D. Brown, Darren Williams, and uh, those guys. We, we went to Greece, the Thessaloniki, for the, for the games. And uh, they were all talking about leaving after their freshman year. And I was like, what? Y'all can do that? <laughs> Y'all really thinking about that? And I was like, oh, okay. So now I, I play on that team. I was like, hey, these are the best guys in my class. If I can play with them, I can play in the NBA. So that's when I honestly first started to think about it. I only went to college because my parents always told me I need to go to college. I knew my parents couldn't pay for it. So I had to find a way to get there. And basketball was that way. Damn, bro. I'm always fascinated by that, bro. When when you get that moment that you're like, mm-hmm. yo, I think I can play. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That's so nuts. All right. I got one more question uh, before we let you go. And I appreciate you coming in, yeah, man. No problem, man. Uh, to, to pull the curtain back, like, connected with him yesterday. And, and he showed <laughs> yeah, up no, today. So, so, yeah. yeah quick, for real. Um, I'm grateful for that. For, <laughs> how big is boys through. roll, baby. Right. <laughs> um, we kind of touched on it before, but, like, this year, MVP through 25, who you got? Mm-hmm. Uh, if Right now, I would say Anthony Edwards. Uh, he's playing, Ant-Man is killing right now, man. He got him, I think they're number one in the yeah, West maybe. Yeah. Uh, but it's the way he's playing his growth the last couple of years, taking steps and leaps. Um, I think they got to trade either Gobert or Cat uh, uh, because uh, you can't play with two bigs, I don't think. But um, like I said, he's uh, he's my MVP so far. Yeah. I was I just like telling uh, Nick before the show that that Timberwolves team is built solely to beat the Nuggets oh, late yeah. in the year. Yeah, like, yeah. I think, I don't think they'll trade him. Mm. Like, because they know that if they throw one of the two yeah, of yeah. them at at uh, at Joker yeah, yeah. all night, I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's the only way you can get by them. Yeah, that's what you got to do in the NBA. You got to build for, you know, for the playoffs. That's what we used to do in the Bulls. Like, we tried to build for, to beat LeBron. <laughs> right. That was, that was your whole plan. Like, what can I get to, to beat LeBron every year? Because that's, that's who we know we're going to face in the Eastern Conference Finals. There's either no way around it. So, you got to have guys to be able to guard them and, he has to be able to, you know, play defense on the other end too. So it was tough. Yeah, you just knew at some point you're gonna run into. It. Oh yeah, for sure. There's no, there's no getting around it. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I've been uh, so one of my, I don't bet NBA night tonight because I think of all the leagues as the most difficult one in yeah. my opinion. Dudes on minute restrictions, yeah, back to backs, you know, yeah. three three games in four nights. I've been watching the Thunder a lot, yeah, because. I feel like young teams, and you're perfect to ask this since you played in the league. I'm just speculating. I feel like young teams care more about the regular season. Yeah. Than like the Cavs and the Grizzlies, you know, when you're mm-hmm. a grizzled vet. You yeah. know, like the Spurs were like, yo, let's just get healthy. We'll be the yeah. sixth seed. It don't matter. So they were a team that I bet them to be a top three seed at the beginning of the year. So I've been keeping a close eye on them. And SGA, man. Killing, man. He's, he's killing. He's killing. And, and like, that was the Clippers pick that they gave up. For Chris Paul, right? Or for uh, Kawhi. The Kawhi yep. and Paul George stuff. Okay, okay, yeah. And it's just like, it's it's crazy. Obviously, you don't know what a guy could turn right, into. Right, yeah. But I've been really impressed with him, man. He's he's dropping 30 a game, six assists, five rebounds. And just like that that team is so exciting. And yeah. like, they're young. And they got, I think, like 25 first-round yeah, picks yeah, over the next crazy. couple of years. Yeah. It's yeah. wild. So that's a team that could maybe make a move at the for deadline a, for another yeah, guy. For sure, yeah. I think for me as a better, if I was a better, I would love to do the NBA, obviously, because I played. I know all the ins and outs, so I know when guys take nights off and guys go to, like you said, Miami or LA or whatever like that, I know what they're thinking and what they're doing. <laughs> so it's, for me, easy, it'd be easy to be to bet on NBA games, but I don't I don't bet. The, but I always, my friends always ask me, like, CJ, what do you think? I give them my two cents and they end up winning. They're like, oh, I'm coming to you next time. I'm like, all right, don't don't do it. <laughs> yeah, because then it gets annoying. Like, right. Now it's every day, right? right. You, give them, you give them a little bit, and it's yeah, like, oh, now, now they're blowing up your phone. Yeah. 
Oh, dude, one of my favorite stories ever, man. I was in Miami for a bachelor party. And uh, one of my friends, she's a general manager at 11. Mm-hmm. And the Nets were in town. And they left the club at like 7 in the morning. Yeah. And we met up with her at the beach like around noon. And she goes, oh, are you guys here for the game? Because she knows we're all New Yorkers. We're like, yeah. nah, it's my buddy's bachelor party, whatever. And she's like, oh, they were just at the club till like <laughs> 7 in the morning. Bro, swear to God, first thing I did. Bet. <laughs> What's the line of right. this game? I was like, bro, if they were out until 7 in the morning, you're in yeah. Miami. It was January, New right. York City. It's fucking cold there. Yeah. Now you're in South Beach. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm, I'm not going to lie, though. Some of my best games I had when I went out to like six. I ain't going to lie. And really? A lot, of, a lot of guys were like that, too. One game uh, I played in Denver. We were out. I don't know if I should be saying it. We went out. We were wasted and came back in. You know, uh, next night we have shoot around or whatever. But I had 38 that game. Whoa. Lost by two points. We should have won the game. We lost by two. Like, had the best game of my life. One of the best games ever. <laughs> I love that you said that. Yo, that is Nick, so, Nick rides this bachelor party like Miami flu take yeah. so much. But you're actually just betting. They're, they're superheroes. Dude. Yeah. Bro, they, yeah. We're, we're trained to do fun. this. We do this all the time. Like I said, it's like, that's why I, I, if I was a better, I would bet on NBA because I know what they do. I know how they feel. All the emotions going into like, I know everything because... I've done it, so it's kind of easier for me. Yo, that's dope, bro. I'm definitely <laughs> clipping that. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, you just debunked the thing I've yeah. been, been holding back. Doesn't make just because you're drunk, up. man. AI used to probably go out all the time. He's the, he's the MVP of the league. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I don't think that really matters a lot of time, but some, obviously it can catch up to you. Right, but, right, right. But over time, you know, if you're just starting out doing it here and there, like, yo, you'll be fine. Yo, that's wicked, bro. It'll catch up to you, though. So. Yeah, it would yeah, definitely nah, catch up to you. For sure. James Harden. James oh, yeah. Harden. It's going to catch up Miami. to you eventually, yeah. yeah. You got to pick and choose your spots, man. Right, right. Yeah, it got to be cool towns. Yeah, like, yeah. So yeah. Miami, you'd mentioned another, what was it, Phoenix? Uh, no, Miami. I mean, any any city. Well, yeah, you could can be, Yeah, you can get Atlanta. wasted or whatever, yeah. But the main ones, I, I would say Miami, Toronto, LA, New York, you know. Uh, obviously, you come here for Vegas. Vegas is eventually going to get a team, so... Guys coming here. I don't know how the Knights do it, but I don't know how those guys. Oh, they won. They went to the Stanley Cup their first year. So I'm saying, so, yeah, yeah I don't it, know. Worked. it worked. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, a Guys that's are a definitely going to go out. Yeah. Oh, bro, if I'm still here and I'm walking out in the morning, and I'm like, yo, why, why is the point guard here for them? Why is he still out here? Yeah. That's Ooh. crazy, man. Fuck. Dude, CJ, this was dope, man. Oh, uh, we could talk you, to man. you for, definitely we'll love to have you on again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Maybe in a couple of weeks, do like a mid-season thing. Uh, this was great. And thanks again for coming in. Yeah, I really no problem, appreciate man. that on last minute. Uh, let the people know where they can find you on social. Uh, if there's anything you need to plug or promote, mm-hmm. the floor is yours. Uh, on social, I'm uh, quietstorm underscore 32 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I guess I'm a children's author. I write some books. Uh, you can go to cjpins.com and pick those up. Also, I have a foundation for kids here in Vegas, uh, quietstormfoundation.org. It's called Quiet Storm, baby. That's, That's my deep. <laughs> uh, mob deep at yeah. Nick Day is 10 as you can find me all things veterans minimum or at veterans minimum George where can they find you at Mr. George Carmona or at Gridiron Junkies for some uh, football content let's get it That's and we'll not- catch you guys next time in his element I'm a gold medalist bronze like your medalist so many deer in headlights but it's bedtime hear that supper bell main course be the venison Death. Most dangerous games. Either kill or be.